0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Mike Jubinville, Senior Market Analyst with Markets Farm. And up first in today's country comment, we'll have details from the 26th Annual Fields on Wheels Conference. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The 26th annual Fields on Wheels conference is taking place virtually today. One of the speakers this morning was Dr. Martin Scanlon, Dean of the Faculty of Agricultural and Food Sciences at the University of Manitoba.
1: The focus of today's Fields on Wheel conference is addressing some of the challenges that were associated with supply chains, particularly driven by some of the events that we've seen as a result of the pandemic. But we're also seeing some of these supply chains uh, blockages as a result of some of these extreme weather events. So this is a really timely topic. A lot of Canadian consumers and also consumers around the world are very concerned now about food security, something that in a lot of the developed world that we've taken for granted an, an assured, safe, nutritious and healthy food supply is no longer actually assured, not all the time. And so it's really great to see some of the topics that have been discussed at today's Fields on Wheel conference, because I think that they're they're setting the stage for what are the things that maybe need to change in some of our supply chains, what needs to be re-evaluated. There's certainly been some calls for a greater amount of Uh, local food processing to produce sort of resilience within local areas. And so that's something that's been very fortunate to have been happening quite a lot here in Manitoba.
0: That was Dr. Martin Scanlon, Dean of the Faculty of Agricultural and Food Sciences at the University of Manitoba. Manitoba Agriculture Minister Rolf Eichler also addressed the conference.
2: As the processing sector grows, uh, Manitoba's agriculture sector continues to rely on rail and road supply chains to move products to international export markets. We are truly blessed as a province and as a country to be able to export our goods to other uh, countries and provinces in order to make us whole. Uh, There's incredible investment in Canada's green handling and transportation system by railways and green handlers, not only today, but looking forward to tomorrow. There's a similar increase in the system's ability to be able to move grain. In view of this, we know governments and industry must stay focused on Canada's reputation as a reliable exporter, while at the same time, facing the impacts of issues like climate change. The extreme weather event just faced by British Columbia farmers reminds us just how vulnerable we are In our supply chain, we all know we need to feel we we all know feel we feel deeply for everyone affected and who are still dealing with the flooding and wish them all the best in recovery operations as they continue. Events of nature such as rainstorms can have a domino effect, and in Manitoba, growers and exporters definitely felt the effect of lost rail and roadworks in BC. The Port of Vancouver is a significant gateway for Manitoba exporters. Rival infrastructure is critical between our Prairie Provinces and British Columbia. As we know, the abrupt interruption in B was stacked on top of an already tight container supply. Access to containers is needed to serve existing customers, particular buyers of pork, Specialty crops, identity-preserved grains, and oilseeds to support new markets for Manitoba products. I'm happy to see that Mexico will be discussed here today as well, one of our strong North American partners. Uh, It's an important market for canola and canola products, as well as for pork. The recent CPKCS merger is a positive for Manitoba and will help our exporters reach even further into the Mexican market. In our own province, drought conditions in 2021 were extremely challenging for crop and livestock producers alike. Our government developed a suite of programs to lend, support and participation from agriculture and agri-food Canada. This will appease some of the impact and high cost of livestock feed. This also included Manitoba Agriculture Services Corporation quality adjustments on insured crops designated as alternate use for livestock feed. As well as we are providing support to producers who were forced to sell breeding stock this year with financial assistance as a restock for next year. Poor grain and oilseed production in 2021 is not only tough on farmers, it's also challenging. Partners, in particular for our railways, our truckers, our grain handlers. Looking ahead to 2022, we are hopeful for an improvement in terms of moisture. We have good reasons to be optimistic for strong farm incomes in the future and for crop production for which the grain handling and transportation system was built.
0: That was Manitoba Agriculture Minister Ralph Eichler speaking this morning during the 26th annual Fields on Wheels conference. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The Canadian Grain Commission is proposing to update and improve producers' access to grain grading dispute resolution. The CGC is proposing to extend the time frame in which producers can exercise their right to dispute a primary elevator's grade and dockage assessment. Remy Goslin is head of communications.
3: Producers are rarely present nowadays when their grain is delivered to a licensed primary uh, elevator. Most of the time, uh, their grain is delivered by truckers who uh, haul and and deliver grain into a licensed elevator system. And also, current regulations don't provide uh, the producer with an opportunity to dispute a grade and dockage assessment if they're not present at the time
0: of delivery. The proposed changes are in response to feedback from producers, producer associations and elevator operators received during the recent Canada Grain Act review consultations. On Monday, the federal government announced an investment of up to $5.1 million for Buffalo Creek Mills to purchase and install First in Canada technology as part of its plant expansion in Altona. A customized continuous oat kiln and associated processing and packaging equipment will allow Buffalo Creek Mills to further process oats for use as conventional food ingredients and for the creation of emerging oat products. CEO Ryan Penner says upon completion of the project, Buffalo Creek Mills will have grown from three employees at its inception to a projected 45 employees and will have the capability of processing 54,000 metric tons per year of healthy oats for global consumption. Funding is being provided through the EGRA Innovate program. And Seeds Canada has identified a need for additional input concerning stakeholder requirements for a future seed system and will be initiating a summit that would bring together all value chain participants impacted by the SEEDS regulations. Here's Executive Director Barry Senft.
4: SEEDS Canada wants to ensure that we have input from all those affected by uh, seed development and commercialization and uh, and ultimately our uh, customer farmer who ultimately are the benefactors uh, of, uh, of the process.
0: Seeds Canada says there is broad agreement that a review of the regulatory framework is required, as the last major review was done back in 1996. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Prairie Ag Wire for Tuesday, December 14th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Mike Jubenville with Markets Farm. Up first, Remy Goslin with the Canadian Grain Commission. We'll stop by to talk about yesterday's announcements. The Canadian Grain Commission is proposing to extend the time frame in which producers can exercise their right to dispute a primary elevator's grade and dockage assessment. The proposed changes are in response to feedback from producers, producer associations, and elevator operators received during the recent Canada Grain Act review consultations. Remy Goslin is Head of Communications.
3: Perhaps I can start by explaining what subject two inspector's grade and dockage is. So, uh, when when producers make deliveries to a licensed primary elevator in Western Canada, uh, their grain, uh, their grain's quality and cleanliness is assessed for what we call grade and dockage. Uh, so, grade and dockage uh, are used to establish the the value, uh, the transactional value of grain, and uh, form uh, the basis for payment to producers. So. Uh, in many instances, uh, licensed primary elevators and producers don't always agree on the assessment of uh, grade and dockage on grain deliveries. So in the event of dispute, um, producers have the right to request subject to. Uh, and uh, in other words, uh, that the CGC provides binding determination on the grain's quality and cleanliness. Uh, so it's kind of a last-off uh, shop in terms of uh, determining what the actual grade of uh, the green delivery uh, might be. So, what we're proposing here to do is to um, gather feedback from CDC licensees, producers, and farm groups on a regulatory proposal to make changes to subject to to reflect and really keep pace with the current um, and and uh, uh, operational realities of, of green handling and delivery. So, more specifically, uh, what the proposal is meant to address as uh, current challenges with uh, subject two. So, so firstly, producers are rarely present nowadays when their grain is delivered to a licensed primary uh, elevator. Most of the time, uh, their grain is delivered by truckers who uh, haul and, and deliver grain into a licensed elevator system. And also, uh, the, the, the current regulations don't provide uh, the producer with an opportunity to dispute a grade and dockage assessment if they're not present at the time of delivery. And uh, also, uh, one of the the concerns is that there aren't uh, adequate uh, or there isn't adequate guidance on on uh, sample retention time, uh, which would support producer access to binding determination after delivery. So we're proposing uh, to make some changes here that would support uh, some of those concerns.
0: I guess this is one specific change. There's also a a sort of a broader um, review going on as well.
3: Yes, I mean, uh, there, there was a broader review earlier this year. Uh, there was a What We Heard report uh, that uh, was published. Uh, it was conducted by Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada. Uh, and uh, really, the, the government uh, gathered information about a bunch of CDC, CGC activities, as well as the Canada Grain Act as a whole. So this is really a first response uh, to uh, some of the uh, concerns and uh, opinions that were raised as part of that consultation and
0: review of the Act. That was Remy Gosland, Head of Communications for the Canadian Grain Commission. Most commodities saw a drop in production last year due to the drought. Mike Dubinville is a Senior Market Analyst with Markets Farm. During his presentation at the Farm Forum event, he talked about the markets. Glenda Lee-Allen Vossler walks us through some of the highlights from the oilseed market. He started out by talking about the fact that Canada produced the smallest canola crop in over 12 years.
5: Now, when I'm constructing a supply-demand balance sheet on canola, um, I've done something a bit reverse here. I, just because the supplies are so tight this year, uh, I've taken an ending stocks so what I think is be, be about the least amount we could have. And at the end of the market year, July 31st, you know, we still need about a month's worth of supply to carry us through August before next year's production from 2022 starts to come online. So we essentially need at least, uh, I think a million tons, maybe even just a little more for that month of August. So if that's my reference point to start with, uh, I start building from there and from exports, uh, I think the maximum we could probably do this year is about four and a half million tons. We've already done about 2.4 million tons already, maybe have another million tons that has already been sold and in commercial position at the moment. So that leaves another one, one and a half million tons, I think, that uh, is still going to be left uh, to do for export business for this year. And this is an extremely small export program. We're having something we haven't seen in a a very long time, obviously. Uh, I think there shouldn't be any problem, even with any um, hiccups we do have in rail logistics this year to satisfy the rest of that program. In fact, I think we're probably going to import a little bit of canola this year you know we did see that at the summertime uh, just past summer where we had some um, eastern crushers canola crushers in Ontario and Quebec uh, brought in some Ukrainian rapeseed to to fill the gap because of the shortfall of Canadian supply I think we'll probably see some of that from the Ukraine again in the coming year and uh, I wouldn't be surprised to uh, maybe we can see some Australian supply come on the east side of the of the country as well just because that's basically how tight it is but our export program very small this year in terms of crush uh, this is uh, the area where demand has the least ability to contract and that's for the most part because of the downstream users the food processors and such have contracts with the crushers throughout north america to deliver product on so they're still going to be crushing as much as they potentially can but even there you know, instead of the 10 plus million tons of crush that we typically would do in a normal year right now, uh, I have it brought down to about 8.75 million tons. Again, I'm trying to make this supply demand balance sheet work, and it's quite a challenge. Uh, we're already crushing since the start of this marketing year at a pace to do nine and a half million tons. So some curtailment probably you know needs to occur uh, yet, even on the domestic crush side, which will continue to be the best buyer of canola for this year. Now, this formal staple relationship that I've used for years, looking at canola minus soybean futures uh, and then, you know, converted into Canadian dollars per ton, uh, that relationship has operated within a range for decades now. This year has certainly been an anomaly and has created, in a sense, a, a decoupling of our canola price relationship with soybeans. And that's probably because we have so little for export right now, and most of it is staying within a domestic market for the crush. Uh, We're not competing in external markets, and that relationship between canola and soybeans has, like I say, been uh, decoupled in some respects because of that short crop we have here. Now, domestic vegetable oil, canola oil basis has stayed very strong. Uh, And that has been this partly this renewable diesel industry that is in taking shape and the use of uh, vegetable oils into the energy sector, I think, is giving canola, at least canola oil, some very strong pricing relationships.
0: He says we're going to see some bumps in the canola market, but added that we've seen it recover fairly quickly. His full presentation is available for participants in the Farm Forum. Mike Jubinville is a senior market analyst with Markets Farm. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen-Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen-Bossler, I'm Corey Knut. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Canadian Forage and Grassland Association's annual conference is taking place online this week. Go to CanadianFGA.ca. The Manitoba Egg Museum near Austin is hosting a winter wonderland December 17th to the 19th from 4 to 8 p.m. The entry fee is $10 per family. Proof of vaccination for guests age 12 and up is required. And Manitoba Agriculture is offering environmental farm plan workshops over the winter They'll be done online. Visit the Manitoba Agriculture website to register. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon. On Monday, the federal government announced an investment of up to $5.1 million for Buffalo Creek Mills to purchase and install first in Canada technology as part of its plant expansion in Altona. A customized continuous oat kiln and associated processing and packaging equipment will allow Buffalo Creek Mills to further process oats for use as conventional food ingredients and for the creation of emerging oat products. Funding is being provided through the Agra Innovate program. Here's company CEO Ryan Penner.
6: This funding has allowed Buffalo Creek Mills to expand into a rapidly growing product market with innovative technologies. And these innovative technologies... Are well suited to meet the specific requirements of the many products emerging in this market, marketplace. Buffalo Creek Mills is a, is a young and rapidly growing company located in Altona, like you mentioned. It started production in 2015 and had a vision of becoming a world class oat milling company. The funding, this funding received from Ag of Innovate will allow for the further expansion of our facility with this new innovative equipment. These kind of first in Canada technologies allow for improved control over flavor profiles, quality of the final product and also the creation of some very unique products like you mentioned. The installation is currently underway with with phase one currently being commissioned and will be completed in January
4: 2022.
6: Mm. And this first phase will allow for the production of Mm. conventional oak flakes and stabilized oak roads. The remaining phases of the project are anticipated to be completed by the end of 2022. The team at Buffalo Creek Mills is extremely proud to bring economic development to the region. It's it's part of one of the foundations of why we do what we do. Upon completion of this project, and with the help of the funding provided, Buffalo Creek Mills will have grown from three employees at its inception to a projected 45 employees, and will have the capability of processing 54,000 metric tons per year of healthy oats for global consumption. On behalf of Buffalo Creek Mills, I'd like to once again thank Say thanks to Minister Duguid and the government as a whole for the funding that makes this economic development possible. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ryan, for those words. It sounds unbelievably exciting, and the impact is definitely there. Um, we'll now move over to Elvin uh, Penner, the President.
7: Good afternoon, all. Um, as a representative of the partners in Buffalo Creek Mills 2017, I'd like to express our appreciation to the Minister of Agriculture and Agri Food Canada, the Honorable Minister and her staff, the member of Parliamentary Duguid and his staff for lobbying on our behalf. I would also like to congratulate Ryan and the whole team for the effort put into the expansion project and maintaining production schedules during the construction process. The Agri-Innovative repayable loan has allowed us to move forward with expansions, expansion plans. It has always been the intention of the partners in Buffalo Creek Mills, to create local economic activity. This does not only benefit the partners at Buffalo Creek Mills, it benefits the whole community and country. I would refer to these types of programs as an economic development program, as they benefit the local economy, create jobs in the areas, as well as create a market for locally grown products. We grow these products here, now we can process these products here and will enable us to market these products worldwide.
0: That was Melvin Penner, president of Buffalo Creek Mills in Eltona. Yesterday, the federal government announced an investment of up to $5.1 million for the company to purchase and install First in Canada technology as part of its plant expansion in Eltona. Funding is being provided through the EGRA Innovate Program. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Seeds Canada is planning to hold a summit to gather input concerning stakeholder requirements for a future seed system. Here's Executive Director Barry Senft.
4: What we want to do and what we're in the midst of forming is a three-day summit. It hasn't all been nailed down yet, but uh, a three-day virtual summit would involve uh, speakers from uh, our competitor countries. Um, whenever you're doing a, what I'd call a strat plan, you uh, uh, one of the issues you ensure is you know what your competitor is doing. And then from that, um, you know, hear from our producers, our customers about what they need from uh, seed development.
0: Seeds Canada says there is broad agreement that a review of the regulatory framework is required as the last major review was completed back in 1996. And the Canadian Grain Commission is proposing to extend the time frame in which producers can exercise their right to dispute a primary elevators grade and dockage assessment. The proposed changes are in response to feedback from producers, producer associations and elevator operators received during the recent Canada Grain Act review consultations. Remy Goslin is Head of Communications.
3: One of the the concerns is that there isn't adequate guidance on sample retention time, uh, which would support producer access to binding determination after delivery.
0: The consultation is open until midnight on February 28th of 2022. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have more details from the 26th Annual Fields on Wheels Conference. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.